Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. Shuman Nagato Shu Dai Sanju Yon Sok Yakujo Yako Entangling Vines Case 34 Hyakujo's Wild Fox Whenever Hyakujo Ekai lectured, an old man would sit with the assembly and listen to the teachings. When the assembly left, so would the old man. Then, one day, the old man remained, and the master asked him, Who are you standing there in front of me? The old man said, I am not human. Long ago, in the time of Kashyapa Buddha, I was the abbot living on this mountain. A student asked whether people of true practice are subject to cause and effect. I said, they are not subject to cause and effect. For this, I have been reborn as a fox for 500 lifetimes. Please, I request of you a turning phrase so that I may be freed from this fox's body. He then asked, are people of true practice subject to cause and effect? The master answered, they are not confused about cause and effect. At these words, the old man was deeply enlightened. He bowed and said, I am now free of the fox's body, which is lying on the other side of the mountain. I beseech you, perform for me the service for a deceased monk. The master had the duty monk strike the gavel and announce to the community that there would be a service for a dead monk after the meal. The monks wondered about this among themselves, since everyone was well and no one had been sick in the infirmary. After the meal, the master led the group ah to the foot of a cliff on the other side of the mountain, where he pointed out a dead fox with his staff. He then cremated it in accordance with the rule. That evening, the master took the high seat and explained the day's events. 
Thereupon, all Baku asked, because the old man gave a mistaken answer, he was reborn as a fox for 500 lifetimes. What would have happened to him if his answer hadn't been wrong each time? The master said, come close and I will tell you. Obaku went up and gave the master a slap. The master clapped his hands and said, I thought I was a red bearded foreigner, but here's someone who's even more of a red bearded foreigner. Good afternoon. On this second day of Dai Bosatsu Zendo's 45th anniversary session. We had a very deep, wonderful ceremony yesterday at this time to commemorate Kongo Jumpo Kando Daiosho. And of course, how could it be any different that we also have to face cause and effect? This case. Case number 34 in the Shumon Katoshu, the entangling vines, can also be found as the second case in the gateless gate, the Mumonkan. And Hakuin Zenji, the great reformer who enlivened again the Rinzai school in Japan in the 17th century counted this koan into the group of the Nanto koans, which means it is a koan that is difficult to penetrate. In fact, It might be impenetrable, at least when we use our intellection. After what we saw yesterday, there is no question about cause and effect. Is there cause and effect or not? Well, let's see what this case has to say about it. 
day two of the session is usually a day uh, from my own experience where things start to hurt sufficiently that our mind starts to wander and question. It gets stuck on the effect and starts to contemplate, well, am I causing this to myself? Entirely a very human and very natural reaction. And all of this part of cause and effect. It's long enough to read the koan in English. So I spared you today to read it out loud in the Japanese version. But please allow me at times to refer to the portions that are really important in the way how it would be read in the traditional way. So you also know that it is part of an exposition in a Taisho to pay homage to the characters who appear in the case. And who are we meeting today? Today we are meet, meeting Hyakujo Ekai Dai Osho. If you listen carefully to the echo, the dedication, that Inosan chanted. It lists the ancestors in chronological order. And whoever appears in a koan that is being treated, the ancestors are inserted in the right spot in that chronology. And we are so fortunate that we heard three generations today. Three immediate generations. Hyakujo Ekai Daiosho, Obaku Kion Zenji Daiosho, and Rinzai Gigen Zenji Daiosho. The founder of this very school, this very flavor of the Zen school. So Hyakujo Ekai. He appears in seven cases in the Shumon Katoshu. Sometimes it's illuminating to learn about the name. The given name to the monk here was Ekai. The character E means it points to the center, to the heart of a mountain, or it also means bosom, the bosom of nature, for example, or depth, the inner part, the most inner mind, the most inner heart and thoughts. That is the E in his given name. And Kai, Kai is Umi, the ocean. Ocean of innermost depth. Quite an imposing name to be given to a monk. The first part of his name, of course, 
as in most cases in the Tang Dynasty, comes from the mountain, which is the monastery where the teacher served, Hyakujo. Hyakujo, Hyaku means 100, and Jo is leagues, 100 leagues mountain. One Jo is three meters, nine feet, or in the Japanese, ten shaku. So a shaku is about a foot. I'm sure we all have encountered the one foot long plus eight sun flute that's called shakuhachi. So the same measure. So this mountain was 300 shakuhachi tall. Might be considered a small mountain if you think of the Alps, but maybe in that part of China, it might be a mountain. So, Hyakujo Eikai was born in the year 720 under the reign of the Emperor Genso of the Tang Dynasty. His family name, pronounced in the Japanese reading, is O. The town he was born in, Choraku, in the Fukushu province. He entered the Buddhist clergy early, studying scholastic Buddhism. But sooner or later, like many of the monks we know about who became great teachers in the Tang Dynasty, scholastic studies only increased the number of questions. But soon he heard about Baso Doitsu, the great master Baso, who was teaching in Kosei. And Yakujo traveled there to join his assembly. While he studied under Baso Doitsu, there were other quite famous later Zen masters with him. His Dharma brother, Nansen Fugan, who we just encountered in case 33, Nansen Sikko, and also Seido Chizo. Hyakujo lived a long life. He died at the age of 94 in the year 814. Of course, he was a successor to Basu Doizu, along with Nansen, Seido, and about 80 other monks. 83 successors out of one great ancestor. What we know from the Keito Dentoroku, which are basically the biographies of all the old masters, is that at age 18, Yakujo had the great awakening. And the story of that is also to be found where else than in another koan. In the Blue Cliff record, case 53, Hikigan Roku. 
when great master Baso was walking with Yakujo, he saw wild ducks flying by. The great master said, what is that? Yakujo said, it is a wild duck. The great master said, where, where did it go? Yakujo said, it has flown away. The great master twisted Yakujo's nose. Yakujo cried out in pain. The great master said, how did they ever fly away? These stories and koans and anecdotes showed the wonderful relationship between the Zen student and the Zen teacher, between two human beings who engage in this wonderful endeavor of addressing the great matter, these existential questions that bring us here. What am I doing here? What is this about? So, Yakujo was asked after he received transmission to become the abbot, the abbot of a monastery on the mountain at Mount Daiyu in Koshu. And the locals called this mountain a hundred leagues high mountain, Yakujo san. And it was a very ragged mountain. While there, Hyakujo was the first ancestor who we know of who codified the rules, the regulations of the Zen monastery. Hyakujo Seki, the pure rules for the community. And one thing that we know from there is this was the time when Samu became this important part that we have in our daily Zen practice. As I explained, I referred to that in talking about Nansen and his sickle, where Nansen was working. Work at that time in the Buddhist context was not very common. The Indian tradition of monasticism avoided any kind of activity like that, especially agriculture. Just putting a spade into the ground, you might accidentally cut one of those earthworms into two pieces. One could harm other beings by farming. Yet at this time, the Zen school decided that Self-sustenance is important. It's quite an important point to see that development in this kind of practice. So one of the famous sayings that we find in those rules is Ichi nichi nasa zadeba, Ichi nichi kudavazu. 
A day without work is a day without food. And if you wait long enough and you hang around Daibosatsu Zendo, this will appear as case 117 of the Shumon Kaptoshu. So that is the first person who we meet here, Hyakujo Ekai. The second person is his successor, Obaku Kion. I recently talked about him quite a lot, so I will just give a very short uh, summary. He was born in Binken in Fukushu. We don't know exactly what year, but we know he was ordained in Fukuseiken, that's the city in the province Fukushu, at a temple that was called Obakusan. The temple name was also called Kempukuji. You might remember I spoke about the Aigur cork tree that has a bark that is harvested and used for dye, yellow dye, for various purposes, including woodblock prints. But also a medicinal use is known for this Aigur cork tree bark. So the Denshin Hoyo recounts the teaching of Obaku Kiyon. He was very tall, seven feet. And in the middle of his forehead, he had like either a callus or a boil, some protrusion that kind of reminded one, if you look at Buddha statues, yeah, there is this, the locks in the back, the Uma, and in the front, the Ushnisha, he had something like that. And it was said it had developed from him doing prostrations so often and touching the floor so many times, sometimes not in the most gentle way. But that shows the dedication of Obaku Kion. Here is another anecdote of the relationship between Obaku and Hyakujo. And when I prepared for this, I did not know, or how could I have, how it relates to yesterday. One day, Hyakujo asked Obaku, where have you been? Obaku replied, I was foraging mushrooms at the foot of Mount Dayu. Oh, did you run into a tiger down there? Said Hyakujo. Immediately, Obaku roared at Hyakujo and turned into the tiger. Ah! Hyakujo took his staff and tried to hit the tiger. Obaku seized his teacher's arm and slapped him. Then he laughed out heartily 
and walked away. Later, when taking the high seat in the hall, Hyakujo addressed the monks. At the foot of Mount Daiyu, he said, there is a ferocious tiger. You monks, you better take really good care. I myself was mauled by the tiger myself. going into the woods, foraging for mushrooms. I feel very close to Jumpo Roshi with this. I don't know how you feel about it, but it depends how you have grown up. When I grew up, in a household of two parents and six children. We did go into the forest to forage for mushrooms. So there would be a meal on the table at night. And amazingly, and for this, my parents will have my eternal gratitude. It was made into fun, into a wonderful activity of finding, of discovery, not any hint that this is because there was nothing else to be served. foraging for mushrooms. So, there remains one more character to be introduced here. Well, what about the old man? The old man who lived, when did he live? He lived in the times of Kasho Butsu. Every evening, we chant Te Dai Denpo, the lineage chant, beginning with the Buddhas that appeared before Shakyamuni, before the historical Buddha of this Kalpa we are living in. And he was immediately preceded by Kasho Buddha. So that's when the old man lived. What was his name? He gave us a very good hint about the name. He said, I used to be the abbot of this mountain. And since the mountain was Mount Yakujo, his name was Yakujo. A wonderful setup. Yakujo of the time of Kasho Buddha meets to speak with Yakujo of the time of Shakyamuni Buddha. So that's not 
the character who is missing. There's the fox. What about foxes? Fox has a very specific meaning in this context, especially in the Zen context, but also in East Asian folklore. The fox, kitsune in Japanese, yakko, which means field fox, which is the wild fox. It's in the Japanese tradition, the fox is related to Inari. Inari is the Shinto god of harvest. That is the positive aspect of the fox. But like the black cat is the companion of the Western hemisphere, which or the raven, the companion of the wizard, the fox, is the companion of the East Asian witch. Foxes and fox spirits are cunning. They do mischief, but they are very smart at the same time. So you will, if you go to Japan, notice that there are shrines for fox spirits and people go there every year but really they don't go to worship. They go to put down a good word and a down payment for the foxes not to interfere with their lives in that year. So being a fox is not necessarily a great thing. In the Zen context, the wild fox spirit points to a person who is very clever, very well-read, maybe even wonderfully educated, but only understands the matter of life and death and of Zen through that two-dimensional approach of intellection. The opposite of that is the Zen Tenma, the Zen devil, who has no education, very deep realization, but is unable to put it to use in this world of humanity. So let's not be either of that. When we think of the story, it becomes quite clear. It's, it's almost theatrical. There's a stage that is set. And we heard about Obaku walking around the mountain, encountering the tiger. But also Hyakujo was walking around. And so maybe one day while he was walking behind the mountain, he came across the body of a dead fox. Looking at the body, 
his bodhisattva mind told him, oh, what can I do with this to help the Zen students who come to this mountain? And on his way back, he conceived this wonderful story. Not only did he make it into a story, he also included what we would call as teachers, as people knowing about pedagogy and andragogy, an object lesson, a hands-on learning experience with the cremation of the fox's body. Wonderful setup. And also an important point for all of us, if we consider ourselves to be called to teach, we all are called to help each other. And being open enough to see these various points, moments that from whatever they might be at that time can be turned into learning moments for ourselves and for everybody who is with us is also quite important. So, Let's begin at the top. Whenever Hyakujo lectured, an old man would sit with the assembly and listen to the teachings. I wonder how many of us sit in Zazen and some kind of version of ourselves from the time of Kasho Buddha sits in the back of our minds and listens to the teachings of that very moment. But then when Kinhin comes, when the assembly left, so would the old man. Yet one day in, in our sitting, we might encounter that self from Kasho Buddha's time. And we might be able to face her. We might be able to face him. We might be able to face them. And say, who are you standing there in front of me? In front of this times. Yakujo, in front of this self. The old man said, I am not a human being. Not a human being. Are these selves of our past Fractions, portions, two-dimensional 
apparitions of our memory? Or are they real human beings? This old Yakujo says it right out. I am not a human being. Long ago, in the time of Kashyapa Buddha, I was the abbot living on this mountain. A student asked whether people of true practice are subject to cause and effect. This question is the central question that he asks. Dai shugyote no hito, kaite inga ni otsuru yamata inaya. This is the question. Dai shugyote no hito. People who engage thoroughly and deeply in this activity of shugyo, of investigation of this great matter, do they fall under the activity of causation? There's another word for this activity of causation, right? We know it as karma. Now, we do find ourselves in a little different place with karma than listeners who come from an Asian and Buddhist background in which karma as a principle and as a teaching can be found in the same way that many of us who grew up here have learned the doctrines of the various religions that go back to Abraham, Judaism, Christianity, and so many others, not just three, there are many, many more, Zoroastrism, all of that. So they were steeped in that. And when human beings get steeped into something, over time, a fairly simple understanding of what it is takes the deeper meaning often away. And so karma, you do good, you will be reborn as a great person in some kind of a better place. You do not do good down with you, down on this ladder of existence, into the realm of the animals, maybe even a fox. Inga ni otsuriya mata inaya. Inga, inga is the term. Now, this is very interesting. When I moved over here, after some time, my mother came from Europe to visit. It was the first time that she stepped on an airplane to come over here. And already she was over 70. And her name is Ingeborg. What? We couldn't say the name over here so easily in English. So people came up, okay, let's call you Inga. Inga, cause and effect. 
my mother was cause and effect, causation. Your mother, your father, you are Inga as well. So, he continues, the student asked me whether people of true practice are subject to cause and effect. I said, they are not subject to cause and effect. Furaku Inga does not fall under causality was the answer. And instantly, of course, for this I have been reborn as a fox for 500 lifetimes. Instantly. Our understanding of karma tells us, okay, a fox is less than a human being. We might have been taught that way. But ultimately, what tells us that? Is that really so? I would call that a bias. If you take really, really great attention to examining our human mind, we have to deal with bias. Not only bias that is conscious by choice, but the underlying unconscious various biases that we might have. We see it play out in all the discussions, in all the difficulties, in the reckoning that we are facing with the history of this nation, but also everywhere in the relationship between men and women, between two human beings. Bias, bias, bias appears everywhere where this kind of intellectual thinking, abstraction, and adopted knowledge, and so on, comes into play. So he was demoted to be a fox. Not only once, 500 times. The name Phil comes to mind. Both Phil the weatherman and Punxsutawney Phil. I'm sure you know Groundhog Day. And there's wonderful teaching in there. Even though Phil kidnaps Phil and jumps into a vehicle and tries to kill each other. 
It doesn't work. It does not work. But we have this very, very deep-seated longing to be free. This practice, like so many religions, so many spiritual paths, so many investigative ways, are about liberation. Liberation in various flavors. I want to be free from. This is what Hyakujo from the Kasho Times expresses. Please, I request of you a turning phrase. Give me something that unlocks for me this cyclic existence so that I may be free from this fox's body. And he then asked himself, his self, that is the self of the Shakyamuni time, once again, are people of true practice subject to cause and effect? The master answered, they are not confused about cause and effect. Fumai inda. Just one character difference. The character Raku replaced by the character Mai. And Mai is interesting because the character means Aji, taste, nowadays. But it means does not obscure, does not ignore the activity of causality. So here we are faced with this two-dimensional kind of statement, does, does not, falls under, does not fall under, otsuru to fall under, mata inaya, or not fall under. Same questioning as in case one, when you look at the dog, does it have or not have? And the answer relieved Yakujo from the fox's body. He bowed and said, I am now free of the fox's body, which is lying on the other side of the mountain. I beseech you, perform for me the service for a deceased monk. Right and wrong. What is it that Hyakujo of this time said, that freed Hyakujo of Kasho times from the cyclic existence? Very good questions. 
one of the things that we learn in Zen practice by sitting here and facing ourselves and our previous selves at times is that we'll find out that any assertion that we can make about karma, about causality, is wrong. It doesn't hit it. Like any assertion in this oppositional two-dimensional world only has validity within that two-dimensional flat setup of this and that. Is free from truly freedom? Is there a free with or a free within? Becomes a much more burning question. And we just chanted a couple of things today and every day at Daibosatsu Zendo in many other places. For example, in Hakuin Zenji, Zazen Wasan, it says, Inga Ichinyo no Mon Hiraku, the gate of the oneness of cause and effect is opened. Just about 40 minutes ago, we chanted, Kozen Daito Kokushi Yuikai. And in there, we chanted, Tachi machi inga o hatsu mushi. You fail to allow for the law of cause and effect. Inga, cause and effect, such a big, big, big thing in this practice. So what are we to say about it? Let's see what Isan Reyu, one of the masters of the old, had to say about it. One time, Isan Reyu was serving as the Tenzo. Shiva, an ascetic monk, brought up the matter of the fox and asked his opinion of it. Isan moved the shoji door three times. Shiva said, that is very rough. Isan replied, Buddhist truth is not to be found in the discussion of abstract principles. Inga ichinyo no mon hiraku. The gate of the oneness of cause and effect is opened. This is what we are opening here. Our in-breath, our out-breath is the hand of Isan Reyu moving the shoji door 
is the reality, the suchness, the thusness, the life of Inga. This is called the Nantokoan, and we have just gone through the first half. And I will not even try to go any further because this koan deserves lifetimes of practice. But what we can take from this we are causality. No abstraction. No past, no future, no present, just the activity of the Dharma, of nature, the activity of karma, the activity of time, oh, whatever we may name it. But our job that we have to do as Buddhists practitioners as bodhisattvas is to come to that root, to feel that heartbeat, to not distinguish when not necessary between contraction, expansion, this that, but to flow and to be in accord with. The only thing we have to be free from is that what weighs us down in the two-dimensional world, where we think cause and effect are different things. The moment cause and effect are thought about, are talked about, time and space come into existence, but not as reality, but as concepts. And if we are reborn as foxes, our job becomes foxness. Our reincarnation happens every moment. Speaking, listening, sleeping, loving, Grieving. Awakening. Forty-five years of Daibosatsu Zendo means 45 years of this practice being available to us. How lucky are we? 
Inga, causality. The activity of Dharma does not have likes and dislikes. This is not because we are special. Nor do we experience hurt because the universe has it out for us. Ishi yogyo nashi, without will and desire, in this moment, we, the universe, unfold beyond any limits. What more do we need to see? This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.